Hello, Romies. We are back. Yes, back again. Back again for um, another review. This is Romies Review the Movies. I am Lindsay. This is Maria. We are Hello. old. Yes, we are old college roommates. I have a degree in film. Maria has been a film critic for the past 20 years. So we are here this week to review 1991's Living large. Um, yeah. Yes. So this is a a movie that um, stars T C Carson. Um, mm -hmm. If that name sounds familiar, he is Kyle from the legendary Living Single. Kyle Barker. Kyle Barker. Yes. So um, this movie um, came out in 1991, which was uh, before Living Single. I came across it as a child. Um, while living single was on the air so mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah yeah so um yeah so yes we are here to review it this is maria's first time viewing it it is i've never heard of this before yeah never heard of it and now mm -hmm. she has heard of it and mm -hmm. watched it so yes yeah, so let's get into it so um we start out with uh ooh, Dexter, um, Dexter Barker, which mm -hmm. is uh, T.C. Carson's character. Um, Dexter is a um, a guy that lives in Atlanta that works at a dry cleaning business um, that him and his sister run and his fiance works at. And so um, we start out with him, you know, um, just basically going around Atlanta um, delivering cleaner orders. And so... Um, his sister, come. by the way, mm -hmm. oh, played by Loretta Devine. Yes, yes. The um the legend Loretta Devine. Yes. yes. The legend Loretta Devine. Um, so yes, we um uh, we start out with him, you know, he's um delivering clothes um from the cleaners and whatnot. And um then he goes into the, the business and whatnot. So we then we get a um uh, um, a scene with his sister and his uh, fiance, mm -hmm. and we find out the dynamics of them and whatnot, and that he is an aspiring um, broadcaster, news yes, broadcaster, news broadcaster, and he, he wants he wants to be on a Channel Four. Yes, he wants to be on the Channel Four News, and he's currently enrolled at the Ajax School of Broadcasting, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so. Um, he picks up another order um, and his sister is not really in the building for his um, his uh, career goals. She feels she like it's, yeah, it's like it's too, you know, yeah, pie too, in the sky, unrealistic. Right. Very he's unreal. not concentrating on his other things that he should be doing. Right, right. Like growing the cleaner's business. And so um, his fiance, on the other hand, is his number one supporter. She is definitely here for him, um, reaching for no matter what, no matter what. And his, uh, she might not, maybe should not be right. And his, uh, his fiance name is Toy Nail, who was played by Lisa Ardell. Mm -hmm. Ardell. Um, and I'm looking at the uh pictures you had chosen, like the posters, yes. And like the one on the right, you know, looks like her, but the poster with her on, on the left, she looks very, very lighter skinned. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I noticed that because like also there was a third poster that had a different woman on it. Like oh, really? the one that has two um, mm. images of both of them together. The mm. one that was on the left side was a totally different woman. That's wild. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't. And I was just like, where did, where did, where was the story going with that? Right. Who's approving this for release? It was like, what? Yeah. So I, I don't know. But I was just, when I noticed that, I was like, yep. So we're not going to use that poster. <laughs> was she even but, in the movie? No. No. Well, what are we doing? I don't, I don't know what we're doing. How are supposed to get that far? Anyway. Yeah. I have no idea. So, um, but yeah, so Lisa Arendelle, she, if that name sounds familiar, it is because she was in uh, Medea's family reunion. Yeah. Yeah. She was, uh, what's her name? Um, Lynn Whitfield. She was Lynn Whitfield's daughter, the daughter that she hated. So, yeah. So um, back to the story. Um, we have, uh, yeah, we have Dexter going in to get the order and then he leaves. Mm -hmm. And then when he's on his way to deliver a order, he comes across an active um, hostage scene. And so he thinks that this is his opportunity to pass on his uh, tape to um, the lead journalist or producer or anybody. Yeah, the anchor, the anchorman. Yeah, yeah, the anchorman or anybody that... Um, well, we'll listen to him basically, but mm -hmm. his goal is to talk to the anchorman. But especially because Charles is a guy he looks up to. Like yes, he wants yes. to be like him. He wants to be like him. That is his idol. Mm -hmm. And so he goes onto the scene. Um, and with him going onto the scene, he goes up to the anchorman, and the anchorman blows him off. Um, tell tells him he's very rude. He's extremely rude. Very feeling himself. Telling him his tape is crap. With just by literally looking at the tape. <laughs> right. At the physical so, tape, not even what's on the tape. Right, right. So, um And he's rude to like everybody who's working with him. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely one of those arrogant types. Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, he broke he broke a little uh Dexter's heart. I mean crushed him for no reason. Right, right. That just, we know of. I have a theory. What's your theory? <laughs> that he crushed him because he wants to be the only one. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just him being an asshole because I mean he's I mean, I mean both could be true. Yeah. But but uh, I think he, thinking about like what happens later on in the movie. But he wouldn't have known that. I mean Who wouldn't have known that? The anchorman. He might have been he might have he might have gone through the same thing that Dexter went through, is what I'm saying. And so mm -hmm. he, he just accepted it. And at this point, he don't want another one in there. He wants to be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, I didn't look at it like that because I'm just thinking that he just he gets those all the time. Just like, you know, rappers get mm -hmm. people that try to pass them off. Tapes. Yeah, they're mixtapes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought he just looked at it as like another running the mill person. Like, I'm not wasting my time on him. So anyway, um, so yeah, so he goes behind the um, police barricade because he wants to get the perfect shot while he's reporting on this active hostage situation. So when he goes live, immediately shot, dead. Immediately shot. <laughs> dead. Just deal. I don't know how. <laughs> so once that happens, literally on live television, Dexter finds this as a perfect opportunity to um, 
broadcast his skills. He literally takes the mic from his cold, dead hands. Yes. Yes. And he... For his for his job opportunity. I'm just like, yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey. Yeah, the way that he was to him, I don't blame him. Like, uh, still, that's a lot. Still, yeah, it's a lot, but the story... I, I might have been like, hmm, okay, and walked away, but like, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought, this is my chance. <laughs> right, right. But the story still has to be told. Yeah. We are still airing. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, so Dexter gets the mic, and he is a tad bit nervous, but nonetheless, he um, falls right in and tells the, and reports on the story bit by bit live mm-hmm. and so um we have also the control room where the producer is going up against one of the execs because the exec wants to take it off the air like a decent person because our right because our reporter just <laughs> got killed right like literally television. right one person is throwing up because again this <laughs> is live <laughs> so they're making uh, fun of him like, right what? right so Sorry, I still have some connection to my humanity. My bad. Yeah, just a tad, you know. But, um, yeah, so while they're going back and forth, um, yeah, they still are airing this. And so the producer wins with continuing to air it. And while Dexter is um, going on with a bit by bit, a cop comes up to him and tells him that the um, shooter is on the phone and wants to speak to him directly. So he gets on the phone and he tells him to come up. And see, the thing about Dexter is uh-huh. he's got that, you know, he's young, he's got that energy, he's got the the cool factor, he's using all the, the lingo and the slang or whatever when he's, mm-hmm. you know, doing the news. Right. And he's not um, code switching at all, um, which seems a little odd to me because he definitely... Ha- First of all, you definitely have to do that in that line of work. Period. Yes. yes, yes. Um, but then also, he's going to school for this line of work. And it's not like he's making... It's not like it appears to be a decision for him to not code switch. Um, but he, it's like he just doesn't know how. Because later on, they try to like, teach him whatever. whatever. Um, right. Which is right. like, that does, that's just bizarre. That would not... That don't make sense to me. But okay, for, for the story, like he said. Right, right. For the story, um, it emphasizes that point later on that mm-hmm. getting taught that. But you actually brought up a valid point. I did see that in your tweets because, um, for this to be a lifelong dream of his, you would have thought that he would have caught on to that point early on, way before he went to the Ajax School of Broadcasting. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that part, um, we have to just suspend reality yeah along with the story you know yeah so um but yeah so we have uh we have the camera guy saying absolutely not i'm not going up there mm-hmm. and the producer he, told, and, uh, he took the camera and told him it was a forty thousand dollar piece of equipment i said sir <laughs> i mean we got to think of it 1990 91 it was it still not forty thousand dollars in nineteen ninety one. Maybe, maybe he exaggerated a thousand. He absolutely did. <laughs> I, I feel like he absolutely did. He was just trying not to let go of that camera. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So he got yelled at by the producer, 
to give him the camera. And so he went on ahead and gave him the camera, <laughs> told him it was $40,000 and that's his head if he uh, messes up. So, yeah, so um, Dexter goes on ahead and goes into the building and he goes into an active hostage situation where he is talking to this guy who um, is holding all these people hostage. And, um, and, and then so they're supposed to be kind of like a Boy Scout group or something. Yeah, 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 because it was kids and all kinds of stuff. Well, yeah, he does say something later about like scout or something. Um, yeah, they, they call themselves the one... something completely different. Because at first I was like, "What kind of group is this?" Like, yeah, it was they... weird. It was yeah. weird because they were talking about doing a story on child porn. Yeah, you know, like, huh? and then he got fired. So I don't know. I don't know what kind of what kind of story. Well, it was like his predecessor, so Charles, I think it was, was yeah. doing a story on uh, child pornography, right? And mm-hmm. then the guy who was working for this, you know, kind of Boy Scouts group was walking out of an adult bookstore wearing the uniform. Yeah. Which, like, but, why would you ever do that, my <laughs> Why did you yeah, ever like, do You know, these little nuggets of comedy but in reality is weird in a- AF <laughs> act like I mean like yeah. you know Charles didn't have to like put you on air and all that kind of stuff but you really kind of also set yourself up for that <laughs> right right and it's just like what like and then like you know to the writers why was this the reason why he was going to end it all like because he got fired because they think he's a child molester because he's wearing this Boy Scout uniform walking out of an adult bookstore. Oh. That's all that's only whatever my head. That's funny. Okay. So yeah. All yeah, okay. So he gets fired, so then he holds up kids and adults in a building. He's holding up the group that fired him. Yeah. Because not everybody thinks he's a child molester. Yeah. Again, why the writers, why like these nuggets (laughs) of comedy? They come with weird ideas. Right. That are weird AF. Like that. And this is what, this is the sign of the times because there is no way you would have some stuff like that in a comedy in 2023. I think you (laughs) would. I think you would. Mm. I, I think it would just play a little bit differently, but you could absolutely use the same joke because what it is is like a, mix up a perception right mm-hmm. and nobody's actually the only bad actor here is really charles right because mm-hmm. the guy is an adult it was not he should not have worn his boy scout uniform to the adult bookstore <laughs> hello you know <laughs> but it doesn't make him a child molester and also no children were molested and so you know nobody yeah. was actually hurt except for this guy being fired due to charles bad actions so i think you could absolutely do the same ones there mm. yeah but there's a lot of triggering things in that where it yeah i mean possibly yeah. but you can also end it with like you know him being like why would you do this to me i actually fight against child molesters or whatever you know whatever mm-hmm. if you want to go after somebody why don't you go after you can do like a whole bunch of other stuff but i think you could keep that same joke mm. i mean you would definitely have to finesse it the right way you would definitely have to yeah. but 
keeping oh, it, it as is would not work. <laughs> Add some extra context for 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Like the bones of the joke, I think are good. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so we have so we have this issue and he's going to pretty much kill himself on live television. Yeah. So Dexter and and the producer, her name who I keep calling her Karen. That's not her name. Her name is Kate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is like salivating at the mouth. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. she is this, horny for this, this dude about to kill himself. Like it's real bad. Yeah, she she's definitely turned on by this. Yeah, she's she makes like borderline call. orgasmic. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and so um while she's watching this or whatever, she wants him to off himself on um national television because she is ratings driven you know cares about so um dexter being a human um wants him to not off himself on national television and he saves his life he saves the hostages lives Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um of course the guy goes to jail but um but yeah so he is like the hometown hero at this point um after it's all said and done he goes back to the cleaners Everybody is at the cleaners waiting on him to congratulate him. Even more people come. Um, yeah. Um, they have friend, an impromptu dance party on the sidewalk. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> they are kicking it. His friend comes, didn't know none of the stuff happened. Sister's <laughs> all alone at the shop. Right, right. He just randomly co- comes in. His friend just randomly comes in to drop off his cleaners, finds out. All of this happened. And like you said, they have an impromptu dance party on the sidewalk. While they have the dance party, the producer pulls up. So the producer... In her her BMW or Cadillac? Which one was it? It was a BMW drop top. Yeah. So when she pulls up or whatever, she um, introduces herself, gives her card, tells him, tells Dexter to meet him, or meet her rather, at an address. And they were going to discuss um, business opportunities. So he pulls up to the um, place in the uh, delivery truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he pulls up to the place. Um, yeah, he's also guys. he's also been wearing the customer's clothes. Yes, yes, like he <laughs> is, is notorious. Wild, right? right? He is notorious. After he's been told multiple times by his sister not to do it, he is notorious for wearing the uh, customer's clothes. And so, like, he pulled up to the address that Kate gave him. And once he puts two and two together, hey, this is the anchorman's funeral. He pulls out um, another piece of clothing from the customer. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in with his, uh, his audition tape. And he runs up on um the other anchorman and this anchor oh, the other the other the, the exec wasn't it oh no 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 it was the anchorman um the older white guy mm-hmm. um clifford worthy mm-hmm. okay. so um because he saw him outside and mm-hmm. so he um runs up on him um introduces himself of course clifford knows who he is because of the well, it wasn't viral back then, but the um would have been viral. Yeah, the would have been viral moment. And so um, you know, and he's he's pleasant to him, you know, he's very pleasant to him. And um he's trying to give him his time. You know, he doesn't seem to know how to act at a funeral for some reason. Right. Right. So um 
Yeah, the only people that are mourning are his um, family, the Anchorman's family. Yeah. But um, oh yeah, so God. while he's outside um, talking to Clifford, Clifford tells him to go in because um, the other heavy hitters are inside. Mm -hmm. So he goes in, he sees Kate. Kate and the other producers are there. Um, and they're talking about basically Kate's idea to bring him on as a reporter. And they're all in line to view the body at this point. Right. And again, the only people that are mourning the anchorman's death is his family. They are Everybody beautiful. else is there to uh, save face, you know, and to talk Because they're so disrespectful to this family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I know the man was not a great person, but dang, they're over here crying their eyes out because y'all just hold off till you leave the church. But you know what it reminds me of is like these um, gangster movies or mm -hmm. TV shows and whatnot that they handle business at funerals. Mm -hmm. So it was probably not to the point of disturbing the body. No, they probably don't disturb the body. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always, like, it wasn't abnormal for me to see in a film. It's mm -hmm. just abnormal, period. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, for me, it was like the level of it. It's like they get louder and louder and louder. Yeah. As if they're the only people there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like I feel like at this point it's it's a movie or a TV show trope. Cause we saw it in The Great Gatsby um as a movie. And then we saw it just recently in Power Force. Oh you know? no, yeah, it's definitely true. I'm just talking about the uh, the actor is like um it just shows more of the characterization mm -hmm. uh, about how kind of disrespectful they are. Yeah, and how much, how little they care about other people. Right, right, exactly. Um, yeah, the disrespect is definitely, <laughs> definitely there. Um, and and to your point, they um, elevate their voices while they're getting closer and closer to the body. And next thing you know, um, Kate slams her fist on the casket, and it closes. It just shuts, which. Sets off the family even more. <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know how nobody got up and didn't make her. Leave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean that would have made sense. You yeah. have to go. <laughs> right. Like all three of you, I honestly have to go yeah. at this point. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that didn't happen or whatever. And um, ultimately, Kate gets her way because they hire uh, Dexter. <clears throat> so Dexter um, starts to work on his uh, first story. His first story is um, a story about 911 and the differences between 911 in a black community versus a white community. So he calls 911 and he tells the operator five people have been shot and they are dying. Please send help. He waited two hours, not one person drove by. And what's wild to me is like, there are studies written about this. Mm -hmm. He just decided to make fake police for him. <laughs> fake police call. Didn't talk to like people who just live there and maybe experienced the thing. No, because he, no. he wanted he wanted uh he wanted like a an account on He wanted a spectacle. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, so instead of just like talking to people, because I mean, you could take people's word for it, but to see it is something totally different, you know. For sure, to see it is something totally different. I was just like, wow, I hope they don't uh, arrest you for making phone one call right. on your first day. On your first day, you know, then that would have made stories too. So either way it went, it would have made stories. But um, mm. yeah, so then he turns around and goes to a white neighborhood <laughs> and he reports a like, white men towers, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then he uh he reports a lady that stepped off the curb wrong and twisted her ankle. And before he could get off the phone, about four the police cops, right? <laughs> about four police cars pull up, and they're like, "Hey, where's the lady? Is she cute? Like, is her ankle?" Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was just surprised they didn't suspect him immediately. You know what I mean? Like. Right, but he—I mean—he's there with a camera crew, so probably yeah. you know. But yeah, so, <laughs> right, right, right. So of course, um, this is a great story, but it's not—it's um, not gearing towards the target audience that the news has. Mm-hmm. So you know, Which is Kate, white people—they're pretty, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, eventually, so, he he just has says, "You mean white people?" And they're pretty much like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." So Kay says in so many words, "You know, we hired you to get the black stories that appeal to white folks. This ain't it." <laughs> so let's go back to the drawing board. So, which is kind of is so wild because like <clears throat> they really they liked his his swag basically and his you know the pizzazz and like the. Um, the little bit of empathy they probably didn't even notice, but still somehow appreciated that you know when he was handling the whole situation with the dead news anchor and right. the, the hostage situation. Right, right. But let's kill all that. That's not really what. We want. <laughs> right, right, right. So they, um, so then he he understands, you know, in so many words, because she says in in so many words in a subtle way, but he catches on to what she's mm-hmm. talking about and. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does he catch on, um, but she's also, you know, conforming him to be more uh, white, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, to lack of a better way to say it. But um, yeah, no, she's shaping him to be, um, you know, acceptable to white yeah. folks. An acceptable black person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a non-problematic, non-threatening black mm-hmm. person, you know. Someone who won't challenge anything. Exactly. That we can mold mm-hmm. into the person that we want them to yeah, be. They'll report the stories that make us most comfortable. Right. Absolutely. So, um, which again, like you said, is completely opposite of the reason why they hired him in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, um, during this, he's also bringing them stories that they want, or Kate wants, I should say. Um, one of them is him going into the barbershop um, that's in his neighborhood and exposing them for running numbers. He's been there for 30 County. years. Yeah, been there for 30 years, but definitely exposed them for running numbers with Macaroni Tony in them. <laughs> Which was foul as I'll get out, but um, he threw them under the bus for his career. I mean, hard. Yeah. So, during um, him watching this... They up, were so happy and proud of him. Like, yes. They were so happy for him. Yes, yes, absolutely. And he went in there and like just completely destroyed them. Yeah, right, right. 
So um, during this, uh, him watching this um, news report over before it got aired or whatnot, he noticed that um, he has a little change in his face. Um, his profile shows him having a thinner lips and a thinner nose. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking he's kind of tripping. Right. You know? Yeah. Right, right. But he's also very, like, image obsessed. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very much so. Which, which um, falls in line with a news anchor, you know? Yeah. Um, but they had also given him a makeover, right? Yes. And yes, they yes. cut off his little baby locks. Mm -hmm. and gave him this fro and this, did not yeah. send him to a barber because I don't know <laughs> what well, that hairline was looking like. Like I, a barbers existed in 1991, but when you think, but they, it, mm -hmm. but he yeah, just well, he just ratted out the the barber shop in his neighborhood. So. Right, so he can't go back. He can't go back. <laughs> but when you think about it, when you think about like early 90s unproblematic black news anchors, he had the haircut. Mm -hmm. You're right about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> So yeah, so it was definitely indicative to the times. Um, then also, because uh, we had a whole montage of him transforming into what they wanted him to be. And so um, he also did another news story where he goes into a local soul food restaurant mm -hmm. and completely embarrassed this old lady. And she embarrassed him back by putting some lard in his face. Mm -hmm. And he deserved it. He definitely deserved it. Um, and again, with him watching it over, he starts to see uh, another transformation take place in the playback with his hair. Mm -hmm. Like we we're just discussing, um, he had a fro and now he has um, a James Brown perm. <laughs> and he's like, oh, WTF. I don't have hair like that, you know? He said, I don't have good hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's not me. No. Um, yeah, so also also during this transformation, um, the news channel had a party where he took his best friend along with his mm -hmm. fiance, and mm -hmm. they were the only black people there outside of the people that of worked course. there. Of course. Yeah, and um, and they are playing rap music. I, that always stuck out to me because they are playing the quintessential rap music at the time, along mm -hmm. with um, Dexter and his um, fiance Toynell just cutting up on the dance floor while mm -hmm. everybody is on the one and the three. They're definitely one three snapping, <laughs> right? <I'm young. laughs> and um. Yeah, so it is very much like they're all listening to different music. <laughs> yes, yes, it's like it's like a silent party, you know, mm -hmm. where everybody got it on headphones. Which is funny because I'm wondering, like, because you know when they when they film those scenes, there isn't any music. Right, right, right. So I'm just like, I wonder what they were, what they were picturing, like what they were hearing in their heads. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what the direction was. I'm, I'm just curious. Right, right. I have no idea. But um, but yeah, so they um yeah, so we have this scene or whatever, and that's when Dexter introduces Toy Nail to everybody. They're kind of looking at her like she doesn't fit the mold, but still trying to be pleasant nonetheless and whatnot. So um we have that scene. Then we also have a scene where we show them um 
um, house uh, apartment hunting, mm -hmm. you know, and then he starts to make these little slick comments about um, not wanting to go back to the hood or, yeah. or the projects or anything like that. Because they're looking out the window of this huge apartment. Mm -hmm. And Twain, I was like, oh, look, you can see the hood from over here. And she's kind of like, oh, that's cool that we can see that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, that's, a, you know, that's as close to the hood as I want to get. Like, he wasn't there yesterday. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. And so um, Toy now sees the change in him and she's not, she's not liking what she's seeing, you know. Yeah. But um, he convinces her he's just playing. So she, you can tell she's not convinced, but she wants to be convinced. So, yeah, she wants to give him the benefit of a doubt. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so then they also um, have another scene where they go out dancing. And <laughs> they go out dancing, and we can see that the transformation is still taking place. Because mm -hmm. now Dexter is dancing on the one and the three. Well, see, they, they also uh, were saying Kate has given him a car. Yes, 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 yes. So, yes. What kind of car was it? It was, I think it was a Mustang. Yeah, she gave yeah. him a car and a drop top. She, mm -hmm. And when she gave it to him, she she called him a good boy. Yes. And I was like, yeah. And um, right. <laughs> what is it? Um. Oh, he told her that he was planning to get get gonna propose to Toy now. Yes. Yes. So she's not particularly caring for that, and that's when kind of uh, Dexter puts his foot down. It's like my personal business, my personal business. Yeah. And um, that's the only time we really saw him stand up to her. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much where he drew the line. And she didn't like it, you know, because nope. she has had control over him thus far. Yeah, this so. whole time is just, uh, she's very much wanted, like, or really loves having control over people. Mm -hmm. and she very much wants control over him in every aspect. Right. Which so, he's had thus far. Well, almost. She's almost there. She's getting there. Yeah. Um. But it was even from the beginning, I was like, oh, she is either going to try to sleep with him or have the weather girl sleep with him. Yeah. Yeah. I saw your tweet when you said that. Control. Yeah. yeah. I saw your tweet when you said it, and I was like, oh, she is the right one. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, she didn't really care for that conversation and whatnot. Kind of right, because she was like, "You don't want to destroy your career before it's begun." Mm -hmm. I was like, "What? About getting married has nothing to do with." <laughs> also, know? I mean, and also for men and you know, work, men in the working world, getting married has never been a negative. It's always right. been viewed as a positive that you'll be stable, right? Because you have right. a family to care for. Right. But again, we're talking about somebody who is ratings driven and she is for the spectacle and whatnot of it all. So if she's the type of person that mm -hmm. will be okay with somebody getting killed on live television, then she would definitely want a spectacle in every aspect of his life. Yeah, for sure. But it, it, for me, to me, it was more about you know her being able to control that. Control mm -hmm. every aspect because if she if she can you know input his partner, right? She can control him that way. You know right. she right. she's she already has him driving a car that's uh, leased to them. It's not actually his car mm -hmm. that he's driving. Mm -hmm. um, you know she already of course is his boss. So <laughs> yeah, she's his boss. She has very she has a whole lot of influence on him um mm -hmm. a real big influence um way she too much has 
right? She has influenced the way he looks, the way he talks, the way he dresses. And now she wants to influence his personal life, mm -hmm. you know? So all of this for ratings, you know, because she wants to be in a number one market. I don't understand why she's not in front of the camera, to be honest. Um, I think she likes being a puppet master, mm. you know? Um, and then on top of that, I think um, because she's in a position that is normally um, for white men, you know, so I think that she's getting a hard on because she has control over these white men, mm. you know, mm. so you can't really have that much control when you're in front of the camera. You have more control behind the camera. So it mm. makes more sense for her to be behind the camera. She wants to be the kingmaker. Exactly. Being the puppet master, you know mm. what I mean? So, um yeah. Yeah, I it, it makes sense to me. You know, but um but yeah, we have this uh we I'm have this, she invited him to. Yeah. Yeah, so this we have this <laughs> we have this party and we see the transformation going um before the party um because of the fact that she knows that he is planning on marrying Tonyo soon. She uh goes to Missy, which is the weather lady, who has been rude to Dexter thus far because she wanted to no longer be the weather lady. She wanted to be the anchor man or the right. reporter. And um now she's going to Missy because she wants Missy to seduce Dexter to, you know, um sabotage his relationship with Tornell mm -hmm. so that he can have she can have more control over his mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. ultimately. Yeah, and um, and one thing, what's her name says? Uh, Missy's talking about uh, his overnight success or whatever. I was like, Missy, he's been in school. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> that's not how they look at it, you know. Yeah, they look at it as an overnight success because mm -hmm. one moment he didn't pick up a camera and took over a dead person's job. Next minute, he's like the man about town, you know. Yeah. So, Even so, though yeah. you know the whole the whole deal with Missy's character is that she's one who slept to the top. Slept yeah. her way to the anchor woman, you know. Right. I mean, slept her way to the weather girl. Weather girl and wants to sleep her way to the top, you know. Right. So she um she definitely agrees that she will take on the job of sleeping with Dexter. And so at this party, that's when she starts to be hella nice. She gets him um drunk and gets him to, you know, disrespect Toynell. Toynell leaves. And so, because, because also at this point, he's now dancing on the one and threes himself and yes. snapping. Yes. <laughs> right. And knocking so, his head back, then popped Toy Nail in the face. Like, it is not a good night. <laughs> and then again, we are at another hip hop um, event with all these white people. Like, it's so many. So, yeah. Like, it's so very odd. <laughs> right. It's so weird. They was like, okay, if we're going to do this movie, we're going to have hip hop and nothing else. I don't care how weird it is. We are showcasing these hip hop stars. I mean, I, I can understand that as well. Cause mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't know, but in, I've seen this in movies and I know other people have written about it too. But uh, particularly, I notice in movies involving starring white people, involving white people, um, even if there are like no black people on the, necessary like in the cast like i first noticed this in the movie nights of rodanthe and so that stars it's a romance movie about this white couple but viola davis plays like the bestie for the white lady right mm -hmm. but she's mostly on the phone 
Um, but they play black music whenever there's like, typically when there's romance happening, a uh, party or violence, they'll play black artists mm. all the time. Right, right, right. And I'm just like, it's it's very it's very pointed. So I feel like they were they were making a point about that about white people, you know, and consuming black art without yeah. any black people around. Right, right. Which I mean is realistic. Yeah, you know. Not, it's it's very weird to see, especially in weird. Atlanta. You know, even I mean, at that time, yeah, it was still very black. So you know, um, <laughs> I thought about that when I watched it earlier too. Obviously, when I used to watch it a lot as a kid, because I mean, mm-hmm. I used to literally watch this movie every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know nothing about Atlanta outside yeah. of, like watching Polly. I guess I don't know, but <laughs> but um. Yeah, being that I'm watching it now, it's like I know Atlanta was very black back then. Mm-hmm. You know, for it to have been so such a so white movie. You know, yeah. it, it's yeah. it's funny to see it now. You know, yeah. so I'm thinking maybe that was that was uh, you know uh, other point. Hopefully, like like a well thought out decision. Hopefully, you know. Um, because like at the time, my aunt was program director for Channel Five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so around this time, <laughs> I would be I would be very um very intrigued to know what her thoughts of are on this movie. Oh, she would probably not watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, just just the news part of it all, you know, just yeah. like the contrast of probably yeah. what was going on at that time, as opposed to now. Because this, it's funny. Um, I can see this movie probably being in Kansas City before Atlanta. You know, why would you say that? Because it would make more sense as far <laughs> as the diversity of it all. Because. Uh-huh. Atlanta is extremely more diverse than Kansas City. Okay. We have a black population, don't get me yeah, wrong. We yeah. do have a nice amount All of people I know from Kansas City are black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um it's extremely segregated still to this mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And um and then to this day we have a really bad gentrification issue. But mm-hmm. um maybe two people when I was growing up was um, black on the news mm. out of four news channels. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, um, and one of them was uh, Fox. Fox's own Harris Faulkner. She was here before she went to Fox News. And so, um, yeah, like, I can see that I can see this making more sense in a city like mine as opposed to a city like yours. Right. And like yeah. we even had, uh, you know, like fans of uh, people who were news anchors like Monica Kaufman. Mm-hmm. People would tune in just to see what Monica's hair looked like. Like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. yeah. that's the um, I think she was on the news when I lived down here. That's um, the lady that had the blonde. The um, platinum blonde hair. You're on mute. She she changed up her hair so much. I don't know. Like oh. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> could have yeah. been at one point. Yes. Right. Like, right. 
Because I, re I remember, I remember when I when I moved down here, and I remember the news lady having um, a real, real, real short platinum blonde hair, and I was like, this would never fly in Kansas City, mm. even though it was beautiful. Really? She rocked it, but I was like, no, we're too far in the dark ages to let a black woman with blonde hair on TV. Wow. Yeah. So I I doubt if they'll even allow that now. Mm. But wow. um. But yeah, but that's what I was thinking when I was watching it this time around. I was like, it would make more sense to be in a city like Kansas City before mm -hmm. Atlanta. But um, but yeah, so back back to the story. <laughs> the movie. So, yeah, as we digress. Um, <laughs> shit, I forgot where we was. In the story. Well, they're at the party, and he's he's you know becoming more white with his mannerisms and dancing or whatever, and toying yes. about having a good time and um. Um, oh, yeah. She has her eyes on him because she's going to seduce him, you know? Yeah, yeah. She starts um, pick, pushing up on him and whatnot, mm -hmm. and it's working. Um, Toynell ends up getting upset at the party, and she leaves. And Rightfully so. <laughs> right, right. And so um, Missy starts pushing up on Dexter. They ended up going home together. So the next shot that we see is of Dexter laying in bed, and where... It's shot looks like Toynell is laying next to him while she's waking him up. However, she's like, is that mm -hmm. that white bitch laying next to you? And so he, <laughs> right. so he opens his eyes and looks over and it is, in fact, the white bitch from Channel 4 laying next to him. <laughs> I thought he was dreaming at first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really did look like it could have very well been. A, a dream a dream sequence but mm -hmm. it was not it was definitely no. real. It was very real so yeah so they wake up and Toynell is extremely pissed rightfully so and mm -hmm. she's gonna fight her um she picks up a lamp unplugs it um and throws it at him Throws it at both of them. They both duck. It hits the wall and breaks into a gazillion pieces. Uh <laughs> she, she aimed it right though. She definitely aimed it right, and they mm -hmm. ducked right on cue. So, yeah. Um, something tells me they've been here before. <laughs> she had aim. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and Missy um, has a has a um, past of messing with other people's men. So, mm -hmm. she definitely knows how to duck. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, we have this whole situation. And... Um, they they both like all they also uh like because like at one point toy nail leaves and then comes back and she gives him the ring back and like his keys or something like that his keys yeah um and uh but they both assume that she has a gun in her purse and well, she's gonna shoot them and i was like wow okay <laughs> like i can I'm see missy i can understand missy thinking that but i was like dang don't you know this girl a little bit better i don't know <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you would not think she would murder you. But, you know, um, you never know what a person's going to do in yeah. a situation like that. So I wouldn't pay to put it past nobody. And the fact that she came in and dramatically went into her purse in front of y'all instead of yeah. just going in her purse and coming back with the gun, we don't know what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I ain't, so again, you don't put it past nobody. So I wasn't mad at them for being like, oh, gosh, she got a gun. Yeah, I think I'm just sensitive to the thing that I've been noticing is where white people in particular um, just kind of automatically distrust anything a black person says or does. 
that it must that it must be it might have been but i I know this was on my mind so that's probably yeah yeah. yeah. um but like you know the whole thing with jamie fox and what's her name with friends from friends jennifer aniston oh yeah yeah yeah. she just assumed jamie fox was being anti-semitic but you know that part that one is different well, I mean that. But the, the the point of it to me, like, is you didn't even ask. You just assumed no. it would be anti-Semitic, or it is so. so there's it's just the, that's just one example of like. I no, she did. She no no because initially, remember, she liked the post, and then when other people came, oh she, no, she said she never liked it. She said she who never liked it. it then because it was definitely her that liked it. She said she never it liked was, it. If we're taking her word for it, but I, I, look, I you know, whatever but she said, she never liked she her, her. I was hacked. My cousin liked it. You know, whatever. Sure. I don't know, girl. Sure. She that's said what, she that's never what, liked it. That that is the go-to. That is definitely the go-to. Oh, I was hacked. Sure, he was. But no, with that situation, it was liked. Whoever liked it was liked it, mm-hmm. and then people came to her and was like, "This is anti-Semitic," and then she ran with it instead of just being like, "How." How the anti-Semitic, or let and me. There was also like um, another thing that happened on Twitter, where somebody was saying something about CP time, right? Yeah. And Ridiculous. so, so, and so, somebody was like, "What is CP time?" You know, and uh, somebody, and somebody, just a random person, just decided they were going to explain it, and they were like, "I don't really know what it is, but I assume basically right. that it has problem. to do with people having cerebral palsy and how they can't move, you know, f- smoothly or something." Right. Uh, right. I was like, why would you automatically assume that's what CP time meant? Like, right. that's what that's what this black person was talking about, was trying to be ableist towards people with cerebral palsy. Of all people. Of all people. Why is that your assumption? You know, so I've just right. been noticing, you know, it could be something uh, innocuous or, or something cultural most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, this, a white person doesn't know about and a black person is talking about that thing, but they just assume that the black person means the most negative possibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. the most negative possibility. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, like, and I could have told you with really... Caucasian people, Sam. Like, what? Like, I don't know. Right. Like, like, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and, I get, and I get your point. Yeah. I get your point. And it and it most definitely could be some of that going on in the film. However, I, I, I don't know if it was or wasn't. I just know it was on my mind. Right, right, right. But um, however, with this particular situation that's going on, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at them thinking she got a gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking mm-hmm. about affairs of the heart. And she's already you know, in a state because she just found her fiance in bed with this weather lady that he works with. Mm-hmm. So this is just piling on to the differences that she's seeing him change into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She, so, she has remarked on like, you know, you're different, whatever. Because mm-hmm. at one point he was talking to Kate about something and she was talking about, I guess they were talking about like another anchor or something. And she said uh, he has a Pulitzer Prize or something, and um, yeah, Clifford does. Yeah, Toynell didn't know what that was, and um, which is fine. Okay, why doesn't she anyway? Um, Toynell doesn't know what it is, and he's like, "You should know something like that." Yeah, yeah, and I and I kind of took it as like she maybe she's more educated, you know, than what we are assuming. So. 
I was just, I took it as like, you would think that she would know that. Oh, yeah. that's not at all what he meant. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just, it was just too ugly to mean that. You know what I mean? Like, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, like, why did you like it? But this is also like reflective of the influence that he's under, you know, with these people mm-hmm. he's trying to fit in with. Right. That is. But then also there's another part where he's like having dinner with his friend Baker and Baker calls a croissant cornbread. And I was like, that just would not happen. That right. just would right. not happen. It's, um, it's even if you didn't know it was a croissant, you would just say bread. Right, 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 or biscuit or something. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's cartoonish how ignorant they're portraying black people in some of these scenes. Yeah, I was like, because it's like we're not that damn ignorant now. No, and the movie (laughs) does go does like attempt to show that a few times, but then Mm -hmm. it'll do something like this. I'm just like, what? Why would? Yeah, it's exaggerated. It's exaggerated. (laughs) Um. And I don't know if it's exaggerated because of the times or to drive home the point or what. But I don't know. But that, it's that energy that was like, this. it makes it feel like a kid's movie. Like that exaggeration mm-hmm. makes it yeah. kind of feel that way. Right. Yeah. And um, it could be because I was a kid watching it, but I definitely caught on to it. So maybe it was amateurish for a reason. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it, it was definitely like we were talking before we started recording, but I definitely feel like it was aimed towards a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like that kind of like a, that energy level, um, the editing, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right, right, right. But I was just like, cornbread and croissant don't even look the same. They, no. You would never just call a croissant cornbread. Like, no. And that's why I was like, I remember watching it as a kid. My grandma made cornbread often. At the time we were living with her, so yeah. we always ate her food, and I never had a cornbread that looked like a croissant, <laughs> or vice versa. Never been confused yeah. about what cornbread was or was not. <laughs> right, and I may not have known what a croissant was, but I damn sure I know what cornbread, cornbread is. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I yeah I wasn't I wasn't in the building for that. That was extremely exaggerated. Like, um, what? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, yeah, we have this, and then also um, his friend doubles as the narrator, which mm-hmm. pops in um, ever so often. Um, he doesn't he doesn't do it that much. So, um, but on this point, after their lunch or whatnot, he goes into narrate narrator mode, and he talks about the transformation that his friend is taking, and um, yeah, so um, down to the way that he walks. Because when he walked away, he walked away like he had a stick up his ass. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, next thing you know, we have a scene with um, Kate and Dexter in the um, in the studio. And um, Dexter sits down at the anchorman's table because, mind you, he's um, a reporter now. And Kate is talking to him about taking on the anchorman role. Oh, before, before he, before we have this conversation, sorry. Um, we have a news report that Dexter did that, um, yeah, that they were doing. Um, it was a, um, a live hostage, not a hostage. It was a live um, shooter situation that, 
Dexter just so happened to be in the vicinity of when he saw it take place. And it was this priest that walked into a um, drugstore. Oh my God. With a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with a, um, looked like a, um, an automatic a machine gun. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was very, it was a very Tommy gun ish, yes. you know? So he walked into this drugstore and started preaching and shooting. He was like, these black condoms girl. are the scourge of the earth or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like he's he while shooting everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm just talking like, about the uh, the sanctity of life, right? <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, like the bullets don't stop at the condoms, so you're shooting somebody in the process while you're talking about the sanctity of life. Oh, and uh, there was also a, a new story he did where it was two uh, conjoined twins and one of them was a killer. And some no, that death. was Missy. That was Missy. That story. was Missy? Oh, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was Missy's story. I was like, who came <laughs> up with this? <laughs> yeah, silly, 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 silly. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so we have that, uh, yeah, we have that story that we came across, that he comes across with or whatnot. And uh, yeah, so we uh, so like he does the report or whatnot. Like he's in the drugstore with him and everything with the camera crew and all that. And um, Kate tells um, Charles that that he's going to lead with that story. And Charles has control over the lead unless they have an exclusive. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of upset about that that they're going to lead with this story. So they go to um, the live news show. They lead with the story. And Charles is over TF it. <laughs> so he takes a gun and puts a condom on it. And he says, this is what happens when you mix uh, condoms and guns. And he points it to the camera and shoots it. <laughs> he shoots it. He shoots the camera. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I said, Channel 4 needs to be investigated. This is crazy. <laughs> Oh man, it was so funny. So, yeah, everybody's flipping out, understandably so. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, they 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 get is <laughs> they get rid of Charles assumedly. So uh, yeah, because you just shot a gun. I you just you. shot a gun. Yeah, in the building at a ca- at the camera. <laughs> so yeah, he even brought a gun inside. Like what? Right, right. What are we doing here? <laughs> so yeah, so we uh yeah, we have that scene. And then um we also have the scene where Missy did the report um about the conjoined twins. One of them is a mass murderer or a serial murderer, excuse me. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. Um uh, and a uh <laughs> the other one is a stand is an outright and uh, an out, outstanding stand-up citizen. Yeah, yeah stand-up citizen, a pillar of the community. How mm-hmm. the hell does that happen? I have no idea. But yeah, the one that I was like, if he's such a pillar of a community, how in the world is his brother a serial killer? Right, because a serial serial killer that that means it's multiple killings. So if he was like this pillar of the community, that means he would have turned him in after the first long time ago. Exactly. (laughs) Before he got cereal. Right. (laughs) So yeah. So 
Yeah, the state has to make a tough decision on if we're going to keep this person alive or kill this person, which will kill the other. Or keep the person alive and have set them free, which will set the, the serial murderer free. Right, because they had the serial murderer twin in prison. Right. The <laughs> other, the conjoined twin outside of the bars. Like, I, <laughs> how is this supposed to work for anything? How did you even get there? Like, That's not even freedom for the other twin. He's no. still in prison. <laughs> like, now all you've done is limited their mobility. Because <laughs> like if in prison twin needs to go use the bathroom, he can't do that now. He can't. They can't move. Like they literally can't move. They're they are literally in between bars. Like yeah. that shit. It's so funny on so many levels. I was like, who? I, that was the part where I was like, who came up with this story? This like, how do you come up with this? It's just little little stuff like that. It's like, oh, MG. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. So, yeah, so that's Missy's story because now she is about to be the woman about town. And Dexter is seeing is like, what the hell? So, right. um, Kate pretty much, you know, tells him in so many words, you need to get your shit together or Missy's going to take your job. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing you know, um, Missy has a meeting with him to tell him, like, hey, we have this opportunity for you to become an anchor. We're going to do a co anchor thing with you and Missy. But I'm gonna need you to marry Missy. And he is like, What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? You know, and she um, just likes controlling everybody around her. Like she's creating her own little soap opera, it is her world, and she wants yes. all her little sims to yes. do as they're told. Yes, absolutely. And um, you know, they're they're going back and forth about it, but um he pretty much convinces her. Well, you know, she convinces him. him. <laughs> yeah, she convinces him that um, <clears throat> this She's is. She's like, you don't have to stay married forever, right? Like, hell, you know, you can divorce her, and I'll take. A, I'll make a story about that. You know, but guys, so, guys, marriage is so sacred. Only heterosexual people should be able to do it. Yeah, for so, reasons so sacred, like so sacred. Right for for definite reasons like this. Uh, ratings, <laughs> <Duh. You know? laughs> sacred, really sacred though, super sacred. Super. So, yeah. So he is convinced that this is what he should do for his career. And the first person that he wants to go tell is Toy Nail. He goes to tell her. She is um, rightfully distraught at the news. Uh, kicks him out. Yeah, well, at first, she he tells her, you know, hey, they're going to make me an anchor, you know. And she's like mm-hmm. genuinely excited for him, which is so nice right. because he's done... He's done nothing but insult her and betray her. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for this movie, but she's like genuinely excited that his dreams are coming true and everything. And so, right. of course, he tells her that because I'm gonna, I'm also gonna have to marry this girl. Now, I'm glad he went and told her, and that she did not just find out on television. That would have really sucked. <laughs> that would have really been bad. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, she she is distraught. She is. Oh God, just to hear her cry. Um, after she kicked him out, that was so sad. That yeah. was, but um, yeah, she is boohooing. Um, he's hurt 
um visibly so you know um he i mean he's, he it seems like he's hurt that she's hurt but like duh like, yeah. i don't know why you think she right. wouldn't be right right but I, I also feel like he's hurt um because he has to do this even though he feels like mm. this is the like he's convinced that this is what he has to do to get ahead but deep down inside he knows he doesn't want to do it so yeah. i feel like he's he's hurt on yeah. that level Mm-hmm. But it's not enough for him to not do it, mm-hmm. you know. That's wild. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So we are proceeding. Oh, there's another story that he does. Um, so when he had this uh, lunch with his friend, his friend was telling him how that another guy from the hood, um, is still got out of jail and he is still um, back to his old tricks of um, stealing cars. Mm-hmm. So they did a live exclusive of catching him still in a car. And so the police, of, of course, arrested him. And he was like, I'm going to get you and your homeboy too and blah, blah, blah. So he got the homeboy. The homeboy beat the hell out and of his That's why I was, I, I was, I was, I kind of missed that part as to why yeah. he got beat up. Like, what Yeah, happened? that's why he got beat yeah, up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he got beat the hell, he got the hell beat out of him. And yeah, they so. Beat, they beat him bad. Right, right. So when his sister um, told him, he went to go um, visit him in the hospital and whatnot. And his friend is um, rightfully so mad at him because... Yeah, I don't want to talk to him either. Yeah. He sold him out for a story and he pretty much put his life on the line. You know, beat up. Got him put in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. So he... So now you got your sister mad at you. You got your, your fiance mad at you. Now your best friend is mad at you. All for this job that you want it that you've been dreaming about for I don't know how long, you know what I'm saying? And you're doing all of this back um, door BS to get ahead in this job because this producer is telling you that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. All, but it doesn't take all of that if you do it right, you know what I mean? But he yeah. doesn't know that, of course, you know, because he's trying to get ahead, you know. But, um, but yeah, so... We fast forward to the um, wedding. So now we have the wedding. Um, oh, well, in between this, he's also seeing further transformations of his self oh, on yes, these yes. videos. Because he's watching his videos back, studying his performance so he can improve on his game. And he's been noticing, like you said, his, his lips and nose seem thinner. Now his mm-hmm. hair is straight. He's got this James Brown program going on. Mm-hmm. Now his eyes are blue. Yes, his eyes are blue. And I was reading your tweets and it was so funny that you were picking up on the horror part. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, those parts of him transforming were a bit scary. Now I was now don't get me wrong, I was a scaredy cat when I was a kid. But um okay. yeah, but those parts were a bit scary to me, you know, because he was mm-hmm. doing all these changes and whatnot. No, th- and- I mean, honestly, this is a horror story. Yeah. It's just not directed and played that that straight of a horror story yeah um, it's yeah. played more like a uh you know like a comedy um, yeah it's it's played like comedy but yeah. i can see it being a um especially watching it as an adult i can see it mm-hmm. being an internal horror because one thing that us as adults um kind of fear in a way is losing ourselves mm-hmm. you know what I'm yeah, saying? but also like the whole thing of losing yourself to whiteness and being yeah. cut off from your community and being in complete control by this other person Mm -hmm. 
Right, right. We all we all fear that to a certain yeah. extent. Losing yeah. yourself. Yeah, losing ourselves. So um it could it could very well be played. Like especially like if it they was giving were, me get out. Yeah, yeah. But especially like if they were to like redo it in this day and time, they can definitely play it like a horror film, like a oh, get out type. Yeah. I would love to see it. Uh done that way and i know yeah. we usually say this for the end but i would i just love this so much like yeah. i don't know if you saw the new invisible man that came out a few years ago no the new oh so that's gonna be our next thing okay. um <laughs> but like the tone of that one and then also like the tone of get out like if you could absolutely do redo live in large with those kind of like perspectives mm-hmm. um and it would be it would be so good because it's already good yeah um but i just think that'd be really cool yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, so we have the uh we have the wedding. Yeah. And I mean they played it up, you know. They got her real parents coming. Um mm-hmm. her real parents look like they came. Who have never kids. met him. Right. There's they look just like your stereotypical Southern Baptist older white couple, you mm-hmm. know. For sure. And they never they, go into Atlanta after dark if they can help it. Right, right. And <laughs> They are not in the building for this interracial uh, marriage. Um, yeah. They're not it's, in on it for it to be completely a farce. Yeah, I, I don't think like any aspects of it. The fact yeah. that it's a farce, the fact that he's black, the fact they never met him. Like, right, right. They're, they don't like any in, of that. Yeah, they're not in the building for none of that. So, um, so yeah, um, who shows up to the wedding is his sister, his best friend, and his real life fiance. Which I was kind of shocked that she would show up to this, you know. Right. You know. No. But <laughs> like leading up to the wedding, they have all this like really uh, hilarious marketing for it, mm-hmm. where they're like comparing the wedding of it's it, what did they say the first two interracial married couple anchors, you know, yes. on on broadcast news, you know, and they're comparing them to uh, Diana and Charles and then mm-hmm. like some other royal romances or whatever and then right. they the say stuff like and the popper the prince and the popper I was yeah. gonna excuse me right. who was supposed to be who here right <laughs> <laughs> um and then like uh oh what, they said something like from the streets the streets meets gone with the wind or something like that yeah and I was like wow Right, right, right. <laughs> that was a really good specific choice because yeah. nobody wants to be black and gone with the wind. Um, not in the least. Not um, in the least. And then at one point, like during the the intro to the wedding or whatever, they say something about Atlanta being the city too busy to hate. Which I was like, that's why you chose Atlanta. I don't. I don't get the reference. Oh well, after. Oh gosh, I, I'm not actually sure if it was after the Civil War, during the Civil Rights Movement. Probably during Civil, it was definitely during the Civil Rights Movement. I'm talking about um, the one of the um, sayings, slogans, monikers. I don't know what you would say for the city of Atlanta is the city too busy to hate. Mm. So you know we're too busy to be engaging in hateful racist politics. Is basically what oh, that's but- supposed to say. So because I was wondering because like during the movie. I was like, oh, they said Atlanta. That's odd. that's different because like movies weren't really set in Atlanta like that mm-hmm. um, when I was growing up. Anyway, um, 
And uh, they actually show some places that are in Atlanta. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So they actually filmed it. You know, because often it's like, we're we're in one place, but we're actually filming in a different place, you know. Right, right. Um, and also, like, because I, I was a little unsure, because, like, some of the things they were saying are not, like, the way people from Atlanta would say things. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, when he goes to the... Uh, goes to the barbershop he's like on the south side i was like south side we don't you know you might like you might say it's on the south side but you never just say like south side Mm -hmm. right you you would say right you would say east side but you would say west end you would say south atlanta you wouldn't just never south fulton or something like that but like yeah anyway yeah so i was wondering like i wonder why they chose atlanta and then when he said the city too busy to hate, I was like, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never, I never caught on to that because I didn't know that that's what they were using as a slogan for. Ma'am, the- you lived yeah. here for how many years? One. <laughs> it was <just> only one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you also <laughs> walked by this thing on the campus, like it's on the campus where the that little that little food stand was. It used to be McDonald's mm-hmm. at one point. Um, but like there's this uh like this kind of I guess it's a monument or but it's like full of quotes um from talking about Atlanta and leaders of Atlanta and stuff like that. And it's all around the slogan of the city too busy to hate. Oh wow, I never caught that. <laughs> never caught that. Yeah. And it's actually like when they have it's it's like right down the block from the old Coca-Cola Museum, like where they yeah. having that, that lunch at. It's right down there. You walk by that. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. But you know, I ain't been down there in like shit, fifteen years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So I remember you tweeting that the old Coca-Cola Villa. So that museum is not there no more. No. Mm -mm. Oh wow. Mm -mm. It moved um, because we have the aquarium. They have the what they call it Pemberton Place. Uh So it's the aquarium. It's the Coca-Cola Museum, and it's um, the Center for Civil and Human Rights. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're all, like, right downtown by Centennial Park. <coughs> okay. So the whole mm. world of Coca-Cola? Um... Moved. That's gone. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do they still have it, and they just put it somewhere else, or do they not have that? I don't know. Um, you know, they may have used it because like um at five points now they for a long time at five points they had like a coca-cola big old coca-cola sign with like mm-hmm. the time and stuff um yeah. for decades and then like for, for most of my life it wasn't there um but they did put it back up and so i don't know if that's like the same one they used or a different one or mm, okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah i need to come back and visit <laughs> yeah you do yeah you know, 15 years is a long time. You don't recognize yeah, the place, girl. I know, right? Well, I was supposed to go last year, and we'll talk about why I did. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 probably time for me to come down and say hello again. Yeah, for sure. It's been forever since I've been, and for and two forever since I was living. So, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah. So. Yeah, so we have this. Yeah, we have this wedding. The wedding, <laughs> and <clears throat> yeah, so the wedding. Yeah, they're watching this re- this reel, this intro reel, 
on them, um, these two lovebirds getting together and whatnot and how mm -hmm. ridiculous it is. And um, she's doing her best Southern Belle. Right, right. And we see another transformation that um, Dexter is going through and he starts flipping out because mm -hmm. he's Cause white now. He's white. His skin is yeah. white. His hair is blonde. Right. And it's talking back to him. This person on the TV is talking back to him and telling him, like, hey, we've made it. We have transformed. Right. Don't We're you what you me. always wanted to be, right? right? Exactly. And so he's talking back to it. He is flipping out. Um, everybody's watching him because the he's only the he's the only person that can see this um white person on the screen that's supposed to be him. And so his best friend comes up to him and he's just like, Hey, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's yelling, I'm black, I'm black. Right. And he's like, hey, we can see you're black. What the hell's going on? And so then the producer comes and she's tripping out. And so then she, he was just like, you know, I'll go through with it if my, um, if my best friend can be my best man. And so they allow it. Well, no. At first they were like, oh no, we have all right. these white actors you've never met in your life to be your best. You are the only black person at your wedding. Only one. And but they not even his mama's there, and we met his mama. You know. His mama? His I don't remember there. his mama. We did. We did. I remember his sister. Mm -mm. We met his mama too. Oh, shit. I have to go back and look because I thought his parents were dead. No, it was for, it was a brief scene. Okay. But we did meet her once. Okay, because I remember meeting her mama. But I don't remember meeting his mama. No, I'm, I'm, it was his mom. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. But um, but yeah, so they um switch out the best mans and then uh <laughs> then we have this scene that is supposed to be this wedding, and mm -hmm. he has a flip and he's like no i don't want to marry her i just wanted the pussy and he's like, oh, hey, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah so he said that or whatever and everybody is appalled and i was like you had to tell her daddy that right like <laughs> he completely flips and everybody is mad the producer is flipping her wig she tries to attack mm -hmm. him and it doesn't work out because now his real fiance Toynell, she didn't entered the whole equation, and now she is chasing after the producer. She's chasing after um, Missy, the weather girl, and she catches both of them. And well, I, I, this is the part that I did not understand. What Toynell trying to fight these women? What do you understand about it? Um, the women didn't betray you. Ultimately, you're right. But they still deserve their ass whoop. I mean, yes. <laughs> Just it shouldn't have been her job. Um, well, who the person who honestly job it was was Dexter, but he ain't gonna fight no women. Right. So they should have come up with another way. Where like, it does not have to be toy now. Because well, Toy Nell has Toy because like especially like because you know at this point he also you know he gets he gets on he he finally like gets his sanity back you know mm -hmm. and he he gets in front of the camera again somehow and 
he's apologizing to everybody he hurt, right? Yeah. Except for Toynell. <laughs> now, he it, later it, apologizes to her privately. Yeah. But I was like, you publicly embarrass her most of all. Right. Right. I give you that. I give you that. Ain't no way. I'm expending my energy to fight these women on your behalf. Right. But the women... <clears throat> the women do deserve their ass whooped. They do, they do. Just we just we just need to figure out a different way. Right. And I mean and maybe maybe the sister could do it. Yeah, but not only did they um interfere with his life, but it ultimate they ultimately interfered with her life as well. Only so, as much as he allowed them to do. Right. But he was under their spell. Not no, that I'm he wanted it. He wanted it. Right. He he wanted it. And I'm not excusing his actions. But in the same breath, he was under their spell. Or ultimately under Kate, the producer's spell. So if anybody, you know, because both of them should have got their ass whooped. No, they definitely should have. I'm just saying yeah. they need to be Toynell to do it. I don't have a problem with Tonyelle doing it. I do because she doesn't. She doesn't. She she shouldn't be the one to have to do that. These they don't. She doesn't know these women, right? Um, but these women knew that she existed and how these she women knew that she existed. But what happened? Everything that happened to her was none of their fault. None of none of uh, their fault because it all happened. Be it all happened because of him saying, "Okay, I'll go along with your plan." Right, but it ultimately was he, his fault because he it ultimately was his fault itself. because he refused to stand on business and put his ambition above everything. Right, right, right. Why does she need to fight anybody? Because they knew what they were doing. They were the pu Kate was a puppet master. She why does she need to fight anybody? Because who else gonna fight him? The sister. No, the why sister's not? life was not altered. The sister's life. Why she could totally fight on her brother's behalf if she wanted she can, to. Know. She can most definitely, but and because the, the only per the, the only person, person that got their licks in was okay. the was the Toynell. Listen, Toynell should be fighting him, mm -hmm. and then the sister can fight the ladies. Right. But Toynell can fight everybody. She don't need to fight them. It's to me, it's the whole thing when like you have like you know you know all those songs where it's very much like. Oh, my man is cheating on on me with some other woman. And I'm gonna go beat up the other woman. Why? That only is stupid when the girl that you want to fight did not know anything about you. I don't care if she knew or not. I didn't have any relationship with that woman. Right. You don't. I didn't have, have any expectations from that woman. That I don't mean see. she don't. She don't deserve it. But right. the one who made the choice to be with me, be committed to me, is him. And I he needs to pay for that. Agree with you. I one thousand percent agree with you. You know, um, because I'm never, I'm never been the person to be like fight the woman when the man cheats, mm -hmm. unless I know that woman personally. And if I know that woman personally, y'all better duck because I'm shooting everybody in the room. Right. But, She's personally trying to do you dirty specifically, mm -hmm. right? And this is the way. Yeah. She did it. That's a different story. But, yeah, but I can't be mad. You're gonna have to catch a fair one if you if you knew about me and you done it and you did it anyway. I mean, they can, I can catch it. I just feel like yeah. toy nail need to be at a spa trying to forget about all this stuff that's happened to her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. But I'm not I'm not mad at her for wanting to fight them because, like I said, oh, yeah. her, life was, her life was definitely altered. Behind but I felt like I just I just just like because uh, like. She'd gone through so much, and there's he doesn't really 
he apologizes like to all these people on camera except for her and then also there's not really like much that he has to do in order of redemption she just kind of automatically forgives yeah. him for some reason yeah. i think that i think that was just movie magic to just wrap it up yeah i hate that i don't like yeah. that <laughs> you yeah. know especially right. since like so much of the story has been really good so far mm -hmm. um, yeah but the ultimate villain was the producer that's yep. fine. Yeah. But like let's let's hand let's we I just feel like we can handle this part differently. You know. Yeah. Rather than like the rushing to wrap up and then like she's just back with him for some reason. Mm. As if he didn't belittle her and betray her. Right, right. Cause it ain't <laughs> it ain't like he I mean, I get he was manipulated, but that's a grown ass man at the end of the day. Right. So she he definitely needed to like try to put in some type of effort to fight right. to him, right. And I I love a good redemption art, you mm -hmm. know. Right, right. So you're 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 one hundred percent correct in that matter, but I just feel like they were just trying to wrap up the end. Because there was a lot going on at the end. Yeah. So um, but again, I'm not it was mad. the big event. Right, right. But again, I'm not mad at Toynell fighting Missy and Kate. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. Um they definitely deserve it for sure. Yeah. The only thing <clears throat> The only thing I can say negative about that is that why do we have the results of violence? But that's just a PC thing to say. Cause that's, that's not even the PC thing to say. The PC thing to say is to defend yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not and not all violence is physical. You know, True. a True. lot of what they were doing to him is violence. Like them trying to manipulate him and everything, mm -hmm. especially with Kate going behind his back and talking to Missy about how to manipulate him and seduce him. Whatever that—that's the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm not upset. <laughs> right, that. right, right. I I get it. I get it. And um, like I said, I I didn't have a problem with it because yeah. they need they ask what now. They Maybe did, if she would. Maybe if she would have smacked Dexter, we would have felt a little bit better because everybody should have got it from Toynell, period, point blank. Like she was the innocent bystander in all of this. She didn't, she did nothing but support his dreams, exactly. even after he he betrayed her. She was still happy was still that his here. dreams were coming she true. She was at and the what? wedding supporting him, even through all of this. Blues That's wild to me, know? right? Like the fact she would even be there in the first place, right? I, I took it as like maybe she just had to see it for herself. That's what TV is for, right? But she just had to see it in person, nah, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and peace to That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right, right. But you know, but the sister and the best friend they got was like, "Oh, we going to this? Like, homeboy, yeah. take yourself out the hospital to go to that." Like, well, yeah, especially if I if I had been as badly beat up as he was. Right, right. So it was. It just seemed like they was like, "Oh, we gotta go see this. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way that this is real. I gotta see this for myself in person." You know. So <clears throat> they got dressed up and went to the wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, couldn't wow. have been me. No, are you kidding? I'm <laughs> not. I'm probably not even in the state. We're, we're just. I'm gone. Like yeah. that, this is a great time to uh, go to the Bahamas and chill on the beach, right quick. Because I I can't do this. I'll just <laughs> even if I just go to Savannah. Right, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna be in the vicinity where I can turn on the news and watch this. I'm not. No, I'm not doing it. I really have to leave the city because I can't. Will not be able to stand to see your face. Hell no. Hear your voice. Like, I'm gonna be gone for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, cause I'm gonna be distraught. Every time I think about it, I'm gonna cry. Uh, uh no, I gotta go. 
So, um, so yeah, so that's pretty much the end of the movie. Um, yeah. Kate is uh is um gone. Missy is gone. And Clifford Did uh, they kill Kate? Or like I don't think they killed her. I think they like the way she fell over, I was like, wait a minute, she did yeah, I don't. I don't think she died. Uh, that's a little morbid for the end. Yeah, I was like, what? yeah, yeah. That's what I was like. Huh? like <laughs> but um, but yeah. So really um, serious, yeah. also. <laughs> right, right. It's not a game anymore. So, but yeah. So we have the ending. Um, as two co-anchors, um, Dexter and Charles. So both of them are um the co-anchors, and um, Dexter is able to co-anchor um with his own style so he has his little um dreads back and he's wearing um a kente cloth vest and whatnot and they have their little special handshake and then he starts the um the new show with proper english so he so it's like he kept a couple of things and he made some things his own but all's well in the news realm in Atlanta in 1991. Thanks to an old <laughs> white man somehow. Yeah. The, yeah. And so that guy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So what were your thoughts when you watched this? I feel like I've probably said all of my thoughts by now. <laughs> yeah, right for the most part. Um I really I enjoyed a lot. I enjoyed a lot I did. Yeah. That's I thought the performances right were really, really good. Yeah. Um, TC Carson, he's just so cute, but he's also like such a really good performer. He's like, amazing. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh and, man, I wish there had been more of this. Right. Right. I just, I mean, of course, we all know and love him as the Kyle Barker. Mm-hmm. But he is such an amazing actor. I just wish that people would have utilized him more, mm-hmm. you know, than they have. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. but you know, in current times, I'm I'm definitely elated to see him on the show Johnson because he does do a really good job on that show. Um, but yeah, yeah, he and then you know, and Lisa Arendelle. Is that how you say your first name? I, that's what it looks like. It yeah. looks like he's been busy doing video games. Yeah, he probably. I think he does voiceover work. He's done a lot. Yeah, but just just to see him in the forefront would have been amazing. It would have been really good, especially like in, in kind of more roles, kind of like this would have been great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just to see him in different things because he is he's got the range. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, which I mean, shine through on Living Single, you know. He was in gang related. Yep. Yeah, he was the uh, bell bossman in Gang Related. That's right. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, which we have reviewed. So, if you're mm-hmm. watching, um, go back and watch that Gang Related review of ours. But, um, but yeah. So, um, you know, <laughs> and it's so funny because this is my first time ever seeing Lisa Arendelle. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, she is so dramatic. I always thought that about her, even when I was little watching this. And so then to fast forward watching her in the family reunion, Madea's family reunion, I was like, okay, I wasn't wrong back then. She is extremely dramatic when she, especially when she doesn't have to be. It's like, but that's her thing. That's that's what you know her mm-hmm. for, you know? 
So, yeah. So did you notice anything new about this movie this time? After your um, 45th time watching it, Robin? I know, right? Um, picking up on like the little stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the news reporter stories. Like, of course, like when he was going into the um the whole um thing with the with the barbershop and the soul mm-hmm. food restaurant like I picked up on those but mm-hmm. to pick up on um the initial story when he, when the anchorman got shot mm-hmm. I did I never picked up on the details mm. and still even with this review I still didn't catch all the details but <laughs> that one um I never really paid attention to what the priest was saying when he went in and shot the condoms. I just was like, okay, he went into a drugstore and shot condoms, you know, but um, just like the little, I didn't pick up on so many little nuggets of comedy Mm. throughout this. You know, I was just pretty much focused mainly on um, the main story, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of like the little thing now that one time when they went to go see his best friend um in the hospital when the person in the room the other person that was ill in the room kept on going ruby is that you <laughs> i always caught that that, that, that was hilarious funny. to me yeah. i love like little lines that are kind of like off screen or whatever mm-hmm. that always just makes me crack up so much like um yeah. like in this movie like you're ruby is that you and like so at one point he leaves his buddy's, you know, hospital room. He's feeling really bad and guilty about what happened. And uh, he's just kind of contemplating. And we see a woman walk by and walk into the room. And uh, the the roommate goes, Ruby, is that you? And she says, I'm like, God damn it, you know it's me or something. Like right. That. Oh, fuck you, Ruby. <laughs> fuck you, Ruby. <laughs> what? Right. Right. Because, like, this whole time we thought he was hallucinating. So then when she actually came... <laughs> And then he wasn't happy. To he see was mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was it was funny. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, as a kid watching it, yeah. Um, I guess turning not. I guess turning off your black. Mm-hmm. You know, basically is what he was doing. We thought that was like the ultimate disrespectful thing that a black person can do because mm-hmm. it's really it's really turning your back in your community is what it is yeah yeah it's not just like there's a you know there's a difference between between code switching and then um internalizing and projecting uh the mm-hmm. values of white privileges and white supremacy mm-hmm. um on yourself and your community and that's what he was doing here mm-hmm he was ready to turn anybody over, you know, whatever little ugly thing he thought it might be, and only the ugly things. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to serve that up as, you know, basically entertainment consumption for a white audience. Right, right, right. And, um, you know, that was not that was not an ideal thing to do. It's still not. Still not. <laughs> right. It's still not. But um, looking at it in the lens of... Uh, however old I was, like mm-hmm. eight, nine years old watching this, you know, um, looking at it in that lens, it was just like, that was what you didn't do. Especially because like back then I went to an all black elementary school. Mm-hmm. If you talked white or did anything that was considered white, 
that was like something to get you teased. You know, tell me about it because I got teased for that. Right, so it's like um, what was it? Almost all of my elementary school, elementary school, except for like the last year or two, mm-hmm. I was a predominantly white school, and then we moved to a majority black school. And by majority black, I mean there was like two students who were white. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for like the first, I don't know how long it felt like forever. It was always you talk white. Why do you talk like that? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm just talking. I don't know. Right, right. Like I mean, I it's it's. I mean, I, I get it, but then in the same breath, it's it's silly in the same, you know, to have that ideology, but in the same breath, we, that's what we grew up in because I was the opposite. I grew up in an all-Black elementary school, and then we moved, and then mm-hmm. I was in a predominantly white middle and high school. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I held close to me was not trying to sound like the people around me now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So... Like my proximity to blackness was a was a big thing that I held very close. I did not want to sound like them or anything like that. So, and then why? And then having this be one of the movies that I watched in elementary, and then I go have this happen in real life. You know what I'm saying? So that was one thing that I was like not trying to happen, not mm-hmm. trying to have happen. You know? Yeah. Nobody likes to be teased. So no, no. And then yeah. it's a, it's and, and, like, and like for, in school, they teach you it's your family, it's your parents. Like everybody. Well, gets no. You. See, that was opposite for me. Like yeah. my family, my parents, and yeah, it was fine. My neighbors, you know, the pe- friends, the people I knew who were black, like it was not a problem. Um, but it would just, you know, once we moved and went to the other side of town, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the way I spoke was a problem with the kids there. Um, but nobody could really tell me why. Like, right, like right, what do you? Because right. I didn't understand the concept. I'm just talking. Like, You're you know, just talking. Exactly. Right, and it, you know. Um, but I just started saying "ain't" more, mm-hmm. and that seemed to work. So, right, whatever you know, whatever it takes to like make y'all stop just saying that to me. Alone, <laughs> I'm just trying right. to have a conversation. <laughs> right, but, you know, a lot of people will really really take that like i mean i did take it to heart because again it it was also like also being bullied for my weight and things like that Mm -hmm. um but i never thought about it like oh this is a black thing this has something to do with blackness or Mm -hmm. black people don't like me or they don't accept it was never like that it was just these particular people here you know (laughs) these particular people i don't like they're mean you know yeah but um there are there are kids who will interpret it that way, like oh, it's it has like it has something to do with blackness and being black, and mm-hmm. like um the, because it's you know proper English and actually standard American English, like mm-hmm. it's supposed to be better or whatever. And as a kid, yeah, I thought that, but like I was a child, and then I <laughs> then I grew up, and like yeah, right. so you know the whole idea that you could be his big age and then just like turn your back on everything mm-hmm. right and just so easily influenced right you know yeah, it's just so nakedly and thoughtlessly ambitious mm-hmm. right yeah. right right i um yeah and like like i said my experience was reversed mm-hmm. you know so but like i remember that, that i wouldn't want that experience <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we because after that we moved back to the west side of town but yeah, <laughs> but like but, you were yeah. saying, yeah, but um, 
I remember when we moved to this to the other district that was majority white, my sister was still in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And so she easily switched. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mama teasing her. It was it was funny back then. But I'm sure she's fine now. But yeah. yeah, I'm sure it don't have no lifelong effects. But I mean it could have had lifelong effects on her, but yeah, like every every Everybody could get it back then. Like we talking about the nineties, and anybody can get it from anybody. You know, no. that was not abnormal. But um, yeah, it uh, it was something that I was very conscious of. Me too. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I was very conscious of it, and I was just yeah. like, "Yeah, this is this will not be me." Mm-hmm. But it feels like in the movies because still. It just feels like in the movies it was extremely exaggerated how black people talk because we don't talk in yeah. that bad of broken English. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was I think this was kind of on the cusp right before people really started to study, recognize, and understand AAVE because mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember all the whole the Ebonics in the classroom issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, big. Yeah, which, you know, at the time I didn't really understand what they were talking about, like, why it was such an issue, you know? Um, Me either. But, like, later it was like, they really just wanted to show kids how to code switch, which, oh, yeah, of course. Like, you know? But I feel like that's not something that we need to be shown. Well, apparently, I mean, for some kids, they do. I guess. Maybe because Uh, of my being different. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the fact that I was able to go from one school district to another school district, Mm -hmm. I learned how to. Mm -hmm. So maybe because of that, I feel like it's not anything that you need to be taught. And maybe it should very well be taught. But it's just unfortunate that it has, that it's something that we have to do. Right. Because it's a defense against racism, really. Right. Right. Because it's something that we kind of like do like as a memory muscle mm-hmm. whereas that's something that white people don't even have to think about nope because you know? they don't have to adjust for anybody exactly exactly no. and if you talk about code switching in, among somebody that is naive to to the plight of the black person in america they won't know no, what, no what idea what you're talking about yeah so yeah it's it's something something new and nuanced for them. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully nuanced. Right, right. <laughs> so um, but yeah, but I'm glad to hear this is the second one in a row that you yeah, really like. I really like I, I would I would give it a four. Yeah. So so yeah, so to our rating system. So we have one trash, one movie reel, trash is trash AF. Two, it exists. Three entertaining, four great, five a true classic, mm-hmm. and so you were saying four, mm-hmm. four. I would give it a four as well. I would give it a four as well. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, especially during the times that we're in today, definitely can see this being remade mm-hmm. um, in two thousand twenty-three. Mm-hmm. But it was it was done very well back then as well so yeah i agree i would love to see like you know like get like, a more serious kind of horror turn for mm-hmm. it um uh through either a24 or um uh what is that a bloom house a24 bloom house yeah yeah i think they um, do a really good job with it yeah 
Yeah. Maybe we should uh try to campaign for that because I can definitely see it. I can definitely, definitely mm -hmm. see it and would definitely enjoy it. I can see it being doing get out numbers. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Okay, so we want this to be done by A24 <laughs> or our Bloom House, and then right. want a TV show for Death by Temptation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we definitely need to get on the campaign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would like, I would like um a little oh sorry. If uh James 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 Bond third is still out here, you know, doing stuff, let's get mm -hmm. him on it and partner him with Mike Flanagan too. Uh, because Mike Flanagan is specializes in emotionally devastating horror. Um, so I think that could really work. But yeah. Yeah, we need to um tweet them ASAP. <laughs> and look, yeah, 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 right. Have y'all yeah. looked at these? Have you thought about right? <laughs> I think we need to revisit this. Yeah, I think we need so, to bring me on as a you know, as like a PA. Right, right. You know, <laughs> consulting something. I mean, we are here um, for hire. Just right. like you know. Exactly. I'm definitely here for hire. So um Yes, so that is living large. Living and large for sure. Maria, what are we um, going to watch next time? I said Invisible Man. Um, so Invisible Man is a movie. Well, one of the movies is actually came out and I think came out, did it come out 2020, 2019, 2018, something like that. Anyway, but it stars Elizabeth Moss, and um, uh, Invisible Man was originally a a novel by Ralph Ellison in 1952. Mm -hmm. Um, and you also have, uh, well, that's a different Invisible Man. I'm sorry, that's a different Invisible Man. That's a different Invisible Man. It's not the same. Um, there's another story called The Invisible Man that's older, actually, and it's kind of more like a horror story. Um, I don't remember. Oh gosh, there was this movie where it was like, it was like Hellboy and like this this dude who was like a fish person and like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. So they had the character of the Invisible Man in there. Mm -hmm. And so he's had like uh, other movies too. Like there was an older movie from the 50s or the 60s where it was black and white. And he's like, he's got to wrap himself in all these garments because he's invisible. So how yeah. can you create a movie about an invisible man? <laughs> right? So right. they wrap him in all these garments so you can still see him kind of thing. Kind of like Hollow Man. Yes. Yes. Hollow mm -hmm. Man is a, is a modern take on Invisible Man. Okay. Um, but um, this movie came out just a few years ago, right before the pandemic. Uh, yeah. Starring Elizabeth yeah, so Moss. Was it 2020? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, but you would have seen her in, um, what was it, the, what's the, the red, they all dress up in red. And they, they have to have babies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I can't really I'm sure right now. But, uh, gosh. I can't. Uh, I guess you haven't seen the show either. Um, but uh, yeah, so she she's 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 a really good actress. Okay. With that, it, it's like it's a horror suspense movie, so do be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I peeped that. Oh, <laughs> Idris Hodge is in it. I like him. Aldous Yeah. Is it Aldous Hodge or Idris Hodge? You know, you're probably right because it's an A. I'll I know, do. I know. There's, there's one by each name. So, <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, it it starts with an A. So you're probably right. Okay, so Albus. Okay, I know there is an Idris, too. A young, a young Idris actor. So, um, 
And then Damsum Idris. That's oh, that's what it is. Damsum Idris. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. But his is an I too. So. Yes. Yeah, so let's see. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss, Aldous Hodge, Storm Reed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Oliver Jackson Cohen, who I, I love. Yeah. He's a really good actor as well. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. This is also oh. a Blumhouse movie. <laughs> is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm um, excited to view this. Um, right. And it looks like it's on Peacock, too. So that works. Yes. Yeah. She is, uh, let's see, Elizabeth Moss. You've definitely seen stuff she's been in. Um, she's been a lot. They call her the queen of peak TV, actually. Oh, she was, hands made, handmaid's tale. Handmaid's tale, that's the one. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the girl's in there. Mad Men, she's been in Grey's oh, Anatomy, Girl she was in Us. Mm-hmm. She was in Us, yeah. I remember in Us. I hate Us. You hate it? I Fucking Do you mean that it's bad or you don't bad. like what you think you feel? Terrible. You think it's a bad movie? Terrible. It's the worst Why? movie. Why? Well, it's well, the worst I, movie? It ain't the worst movie in life, but it's, it was the I worst was about movie. I was going to say, bad movie. <laughs> oh, God. We, we'll, have to, we'll have to revisit okay. us. Yeah. I love we'll it. Revisit. I can't. I, I went and saw it twice. But again, you don't like movies that like mess with your mind. I don't like movies that I can't get my questions answered. Oh, I don't mind that too much. There, I, there's a limit, but there's there know. was there was a bunch of bullshit in that movie that didn't need to be in that movie. Just oh Jordan just put it in there just oh because today is Sunday and I what? like yes. What happened? We'll have to revisit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to revisit us one day. Okay. Okay. Because Oh, it just grinds my gears. I (laughs) hate it. (sighs) But yeah. All right. So, Invisible Man. That's what we're watching next time. Maria, Maria, can we find? Where can we find you? You can find me online almost anywhere. And if I'm there, you will find me at Valor More Dollars. That's V A L A R. M-O-R dollars. I also have a podcast with some other nerdy, geeky black women where we talk about nerdy, geeky tech, pop culture things called Nerdgasm Noir. We also have a few other shows that kind of focus more on tech and then also another one that focuses on reading romance novels. So that's one of our latest releases. You'll want to check the feed there um, to listen to that episode or it may be on the Patreon. So go check that out. Where can they find you, Lindsay? You can find me everywhere at L underscore Rennell. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. And also on my other podcast, The Issue Talk, where me and my cousin, we talk about various topics. Mm-hmm. And we are coming up on our 100th episode next mm-hmm. week. Live which, show. Yes, it is a live show. And we will be streaming it live as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you guys can view it. But if you're in Kansas City and you would like yeah. to attend the live show. Yes, definitely um, come. Um, yeah. Where where are they going? We are going to be on 58th in Prospect, 5825. Uh, the doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. Um, you can buy tickets in advance, $5 at the door, 8. And you can go on our social media to inquire about the tickets. Mm-hmm. Yep. So bring your cousins. Yes. Yes. 
Definitely. So yeah, that is episode 42, Living Large with Rumi's Review the Movies. And we will see you guys for episode 43, Invisible Man. Yes. Bye. See you or don't see you then. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>